Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. All the time. How many believe the Lord is great? He's great and he's also good. He's good to us. How many know that? We're going to thank him for that momentarily. He's given us a wonderful day, beautiful day. The sun's shining, and uh, it's not uh, 40 degrees below zero today. That's something to be thankful for, amen? It's a little bit too cold for my taste still. The older I get, the warmer I like it. What, I don't know what that, what that means or what there is about that, but it's a fact of my life and some of yours too. But you know what? It's going to be warm in here no matter what the temperature is outside, because God is here. We are gathered in his name. God wants to do something in this place today. And we're going to go to him in prayer and pray for our Sunday school lesson and pray, God, have your way. Would you help me pray that right now? Praise God. Lord, we love you today. What a mighty God we serve. What a great God. What a good God. What a merciful, gracious, loving, kind, gentle Savior. And so on, Lord, we could continue on with uh, the accolades of our vocabulary. Just, Lord, thinking of everything that we could think of to call you great and to bless you and to praise you with. But, God, our vocabulary isn't nearly sufficient enough, so we'll just say, God, we love you today. Thank you for all your goodness. Thank you for this day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We pray today for all that's going to happen here this afternoon on this property. Let your will be done in all of it, we pray. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, reach over and shake hands with somebody. Share a smile. God bless you. How are you today? Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Tell them, Pastor loves you, and I love you too. I tell you what, before you're seated, uh, let's just read a couple of verses for the lesson, and uh, then I'll let you be seated. Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. Hebrews 12 and 14, it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness. Everybody say holiness. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Strong words. Verse 15, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to fail where God's grace is concerned. Amen. So it's important that we look at what the writer here, uh, I believe the Apostle Paul is talking about, he goes on to say, uh, this is obviously one way we could fail uh, to let the grace of God do its full work in our lives. He says, lest any root, notice that word root, of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be Defiled. We're going to talk to you this afternoon here in our adult Bible class on this subject, a prisoner of bitterness. God bless you. You may be seated. Excited about the 2 o'clock service and uh, a very, very, very old friend. Uh, that was three varies. Wow, wasn't it? You may be seated. I, I shouldn't uh, have said that. A longtime friend and uh, Brother Monty Showalter and his good wife, they will be ministering in our missions service at 2 o'clock, and uh, they just got back from Argentina. We're excited to hear what they have to say and bring to us today. And remember, we are going to be making our faith promise pledges for our giving to global missions throughout the rest of this year, and uh, we're going to do that in the service this afternoon. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that I get to do right now one of my favorite all-time things to do, and that's teach the Word of God. I love the Word of the Lord. I asked the Lord many years ago when I first entered the ministry, and uh, I'll just be transparent with you today. I hope I won't do it too long, but I wasn't one of those preachers that came out of my mother's womb saying, thus saith the Lord, or taking my text and preaching. I don't know uh, I can already tell that 
I could tell at age four that my grandson is going to be a preacher. He's six now, and um, I, I can still tell you without a shadow of a doubt, he's going to be a preacher of the gospel. Not so with Grandpa. Uh, in fact, I went to Bible college to study music. Wasn't even a, a Bible or theology major, Brother Wright. I uh, had to take some Bible courses because they required it of uh, no matter what your major was. But it wasn't until I left Bible college that I began to entertain the thought that God might want me to preach. And even then, he almost had to drag me into the ministry, kicking and screaming. Now, you may look down on that, but um, it's been something that's been a part of my personality and makeup ever since. Uh, I would stop preaching today if the Lord told me to without protest whatsoever. I'm simply doing what God's telling me to do, what God told me to do over 40 years ago. And I enjoy doing it. I just don't feel worthy, don't feel like, uh, of course, I know I'm not the best pulpit orator. But one of the things I asked the Lord many years ago to do was to make my ministry one that was practical, that I could give people through the Word of God something to take home with them and put into practice, use it in their everyday life, to make their life walking with God, their relationship with God, better. And I feel like there's been times when the Lord's done that, not all the time, but I appreciate him and thank him for doing that. And I want to try to uh, allow the Lord to use me again today in this Sunday school lesson to make your life better, to help somebody with this particular problem. And uh, I think it's a problem that just about everybody has to face at some time or another in our lives. Perhaps there is the occasional person who's never had to fight or deal with this temptation to be bitter, but I think most of us have. Uh, just think back over your life, and I'm sure you can answer this question in the affirmative when I ask, uh, do you remember ever having someone say something or do something uh, to you or say something about you or any person that, that said or did something that it was difficult for you to forgive them for that. Maybe you found just a little bit, a little bit of hesitancy or maybe a whole lot of, of trouble in, uh, you know, not letting that get to you. And uh, there are, in fact, people who get so offended that every time the person who offended them, every time their name comes up, even if it was something that happened years ago, it still brings butterflies to your stomach. And, and when you think of them, maybe your heart races, you can feel your blood pressure rising a little bit. Uh, or even if none of that happens, when uh, you think about that incident or that person, maybe you might find yourself reliving that particular incident again, just when the thought comes to your mind about it. If the answer to any of that is yes, then it is possible you might be a prisoner to this thing of bitterness, which is a shame, really, because bitterness doesn't even touch the person that you're bitter toward. When you're bitter at somebody, it, it doesn't do a thing to them. Uh, you might think it does, but uh, it doesn't. But it sure will harm you, with no exception, every time. Uh, like uh, Frankenstein's monster, if you'll pardon the illustration, bitterness is a monster that will turn on its creator and cause you damage beyond belief or compare. And the other person, that's what's so strange about it. The other person can continue on with their life, content and happy, and never even think about you. But because you hold bitterness for them, they can continue to control your life. And that's sad. Uh, you need to learn to let God help you with that, if that's the case. I want to talk to you uh, 
as we go into this subject about our emotions. Our emotions are, are something that uh, they're kind of hard at times to uh, dissect and really understand. And uh, there are different emotions that God gave us the ability to have as human beings. And sad to say, when we do not allow these emotions to be governed or controlled, if we do not do with our emotions what God planned for us to do when we experience these emotions, then they can be harmful. And uh, actually, uh, there are some emotions when we don't treat them the right way can lead to sin. Now, not all emotions are sinful. Not all emotions that we have are sin, but there are some that can be. Uh, anger, for example. Uh, now, it's possible to have righteous indignation. Jesus got angry. We know that. And he said himself, be ye angry and sin not. Uh, but when anger gets out of its cage, that's when it becomes sin. Or when the object of our anger is misplaced, if we're angry wrongly, uh, or if it goes on long enough, Jesus went on to say, after he said, be angry and sin not, he told us how to do that. He said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, get it taken care of. Deal with it. Don't let it stick around too long. What about guilt? Guilt. Now, now guilt is not always a sin. Sometimes the Lord gives us uh, a godly guilt that uh, is really called conviction, uh, he gave us a conscience, and of course, he gave us a conscience and, and, and puts, uh, brings conviction to us to draw us to him. The Bible says that repentance is a gift from God. And so we feel guilty. Uh, we feel guilty about sin, and that's a good thing to get us back on the straight and narrow, whether it's the first time we repent before the Lord or the thousandth. But uh, when the devil brings guilt to us. It's a totally different thing. The devil wants to paralyze us with guilt in our walk with the God. And when guilt gets out of its cage, it's a sin. The devil's guilt is called condemnation. Now, when the Lord puts guilt on us, it's to convict us, to turn us away from sin, to change us in some way. But the devil puts guilt on us to drag us down. And uh, a lot of times the devil's guilt comes even when God uh, everything's okay with God. Maybe uh, the devil will bring up your past and make you think about something that God's already put under the blood and he doesn't even remember anymore. So that's another uh, topic altogether. Let's go on to grief. Grief is sometimes a good thing. Sometimes it's not. It's not always bad. It's not always a sin. Gift, uh, grief is a gift from the Lord to help us to heal from loss or sorrow of some kind. But if we refuse to allow the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, to deal with our grief, then uh, it can move over into what's called self-pity. And that's not the will of God, is it? So anger and guilt and grief, uh, some emotions, if they are left unchecked, can become sin but they're not always sin. But there is an emotion that is always, without exception, a sin. And that is the emotion that we're talking about today, bitterness. Bitterness and unforgiveness, because bitterness is a product of unforgiveness, those are always sin. If you spit in my eye, then you've sinned. If I turn away in bitterness, then I've sinned. Uh, if you question my motives, if you injure me falsely, then yes, you've done wrong. But if I don't forgive you for that, then that's wrong also. So who is that person today that comes to your mind? If there is one, some of you already have that person's face in, in front of you in your mental thinking right now. If you're honest with the Lord, 
Don't explain it away. away. They came to your mind for a reason. I'm telling you what that reason is. God wants to deliver you from that. The Spirit of the Lord brings that person to your mind because he loves you and he wants to rid you of that cancer that is eating you up from the inside out. Now, uh, I, I know that people uh, learn to deal with bitterness and, and you can learn how to put it on the back shelf. But I'm going to tell you something. If you have not truly and completely and fully forgiven that person for what they did to you or what you thought they did to you, if you haven't forgiven them, I don't care how far back in your heart, on the farthest back bookshelf of your mind, you may put that person in that situation. If you haven't forgiven them, it's still there. And it's always going to be coming back ever so often to do its dirty business against you. You know, even if it was done when you were a child years ago, but you know in your heart you've never truly forgiven that person for what they did. Uh, and, and, and don't say, I don't hardly ever think about them anymore. That wasn't the question. The question is, when you do think about it, when someone brings it up, what are your thoughts about them? I want to give you six things today that bitterness will do to your life, and then I'm going to tell you how to be free from it. Number one, six things that bitterness will do. Number one, bitterness will devastate you spiritually, and that's probably the worst because your spiritual relationship with God, your spiritual life, that's the most important part of your existence. Are we, are we going to sleep today? Is this a Pentecostal church? Now, if I look at you and your eyes are closed and there's nobody within poking distance, you tell me what should I do? Should I come down there and stand in front of you and get real loud? Brother Brad gives me permission to do that for him, all right. Or were you just talking about the other person? Everybody, all right, thank you, brother. Spiritually, your relationship with God is the most important thing in your entire existence, and bitterness will cut into that really, really quickly and really uh, terribly. Why? For two reasons. Because bitterness, I don't know if you ever thought about it this way, but bitterness necessitates that you not walk in the spirit anymore, but it makes you walk in the flesh. Now, that's a phrase the Bible uses. The Apostle Paul said it uh, several times. He said, don't walk in the flesh as you go through life. Walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? Walking in the flesh means paying attention to your flesh nature, letting your, your, your carnal man, your sin nature, these all mean the same thing, sometimes just your flesh for short. That means letting your flesh nature rule you. Let it dominate you. That's not the will of God for his children. He would rather us walk in the spirit. That is, do what he wants to do. Give our lives to him and live the overcoming life of a victorious Christian and child of God that he has ordained and given us everything we need to do. So uh, it will cause you to walk in the flesh. Bitterness will. There's only two choices on the shelf, walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit. We can't control what happens in our life, can we? There's nobody here that's Superman or Superwoman and can control what happens. But we can control how we respond, how we react to everything that happens. Now, I'm going to make a bold sounding statement to you right now. If you have unresolved bitterness in your life, you are not right with God, and you are not walking in the Spirit. You are in the flesh if you have bitterness in your heart. Can you prove that? Biblically, preacher, I sure can. Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. These are the very things that you hold back from when you're bitter. 
And when you have these things in your life, uh, then you're not bitter. When you are bitter and you're without some of these things, this fruit of the Spirit in your life, then you don't feel like displaying the love of God. Uh, you, you think about uh, the person that did you wrong, and you don't feel joy, and you don't have peace. You aren't long-suffering and uh, so forth. If you were, you'd give them more latitude. You'd think about how much Jesus has forgiven you of all of your sin and your wrongdoing, and that would make it easier for you to forgive them yourself, even if they don't deserve forgiveness, because you nor I nor anyone ever has or ever will deserve the forgiveness of God. Jesus said, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, whatever anybody does against you, then neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. You can erase people from your hit list if you are walking in the Spirit and these things are dominating your life. Amen. The very next chapter drives it all home. Chapter 6 of Galatians, verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh including harboring bitterness, shall of the flesh reap corruption. Ooh, corruption, that's a terrible thing. It even sounds terrible. What does it mean, corruption? Does that mean your car will rust? No, it means your soul will rust. It means your, your uh, inner man will be corrupted, become sour, become bitter. Bitterness will devastate you spiritually. And holding bitterness is walking in the flesh. And it will eat you up inside. Amen. Did you know it's impossible for you to be wrong with man and right with God at the same time? I was talking about my grandson who's going to be a preacher. Now, he doesn't do this, but if he were to go and kick his little sister who's uh, three years old, uh, and, and then run into me and say, Papa, I love you, I'd have to say to him, right, not right now, buddy. No, not after you just treated your sister the way you did. You can't love on me when you're being mean to her. That's how it is with the Lord. It really is. You can't love on him when you're wrong with somebody else, living or dead. Why is that? Because that's the way God is made up. That's who he is, and that's how he wants us to be. Because bitterness, you got to get this, bitterness, if you have bitterness in your heart, it means you are walking in the flesh, not in the spirit. And bitterness will stop all spiritual growth in your life. Uh, God wants us to grow in grace. Amen. And, and it's not like we uh, are a rocket ship, and we take off and, and climb to the heavens in our growth rate spiritually. But really, growing in God is, is just a lifelong process of little bitty tiny baby steps. A little here, a little there, a little each day, a little each week, a little each month. You can grow a squash in six weeks, but it takes 100 years to grow an oak tree or more. How many want to grow in grace? Say Amen. If you want to stop the process of growing in God, which is the will of God for your life, then all you have to do is harbor bitterness right in here. God says the train stops right there. It doesn't move again until you take the stowaway of bitterness off the train and get back to living life the way I intended for you to. Amen. Bitterness will devastate you spiritually. I won't take as long with the, the other five, but that's an important one. It's the most important thing that bitterness does to you. It will devastate you spiritually. Number two, bitterness will destroy you physically. It is a proven scientific fact. It's, it's like a constantly running machine. It's not an occurrence 
But bitterness is something that is always operating. It's a lifestyle. It enters into your subconscious mind. And then, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it runs while you're sleeping, while you're eating, while you're uh, going throughout your day watching TV or talking to somebody. Medical doctors say bitterness will affect your body, your physical health. Bitterness has been medically linked to, listen to this, to glandular problems, high blood pressure, cardiac disorders, ulcers, and even insanity. One leading psychiatrist wrote this, 90% of all people in insane institutions could be released immediately if they would learn how to forgive or how to be forgiven. Wow. Here's an article from a publication called The Gospel Herald. There was a man whose health was good. He was sturdy and strong. His heart action and blood pressure were fine. Then his father died. He got into a prolonged legal dispute with his sister about their father's will. The case went to court, and the sister won. And from that day on, the man could think of nothing more than the lawsuit and his sister. He talked about it. He thought about it. Could think of nothing more than that, it filled him up, it became an obsession. And every day he grew to hate his sister more. Then he began to have difficulty with his heart and blood pressure. Next, his kidneys bothered him. Before many months, complications killed him. It seems obvious that he died from bodily injuries brought on by powerful emotion. I believe the man killed himself in death by bitterness, end of quote. And the Holy Ghost just jostled me that that story resonates with somebody here today. Do not let it go beyond today. Let God take care of it today. Uh, now, I am not. told you I was taught years ago, tell people what you're not preaching as well as what you are preaching. I am not in any way for a moment implying that all sickness or cancer or any physical problem is always caused by bitterness. But I am saying it's impossible to be bitter and it not affect you physically. It will affect your body. If you're a prisoner of bitterness, let the Lord set you free today. Don't let it go another day because it will devastate you spiritually and it will destroy you physically. Number three, what will bitterness do? It will discourage you emotionally. Your emotional health is very important. It's very important to the Lord. We talked about emotions a while ago. Bitterness is an emotion. And where there is bitterness, there is always going to be discouragement. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like being discouraged. The devil tries to do it from time to time. And uh, if you're not careful, we, uh, we can buy into that without really thinking. Uh, if you're discouraged today or the next time you do become discouraged, you need to immediately stop and think, this is not the will of God. I'm not saying you're sinning because you're discouraged. I'm just saying God wants you to go through life filled with his joy, not the enemy's discouragement. But here's why bitterness can bring discouragement, because bitterness leads to paranoia. Paranoia is a psychological term. What, what is it? Well, you start to develop a victim's mentality that everybody's out to get you. You become negative, critical, paranoid, you become judgmental of other people, and you think you know their motives. You think people are talking about you. Anybody ever known somebody like that? Don't raise your hand. We all have. Uh, that kind of person, someone once said, really shouldn't go to a football game. Well, why shouldn't they go to a football game, brother? It's because every time the team huddles on the field, and they are sure that they're talking about them. Uh, I don't know, perhaps years ago this was a thing, 
<clears throat> where a teacher couldn't do this now, but the teacher wanted to punish little Johnny because little Johnny had been uh, <clears throat> misbehaving in class. So she told little Johnny to come to the front, and she went and found the heaviest textbook she could find, and she told little Johnny, or maybe it was Big Johnny, I don't know, hold your arm straight out, level with the ground, palm upward, and he did so, and she would put the book in his hand and make him hold the book like that. She said, you stay just like that until I tell you to move. Don't move until I do. And, uh, you know, little Johnny might laugh at her at first. Well, that's not heavy. But you try to hold a book like that for uh, a minute, two minutes, five minutes. After a while, sweat will start to pour and tears will roll and he'll be begging for mercy. Some of people don't understand that, uh, that little bit of bitterness that they might have uh, really is more than what they think it is. They may say, well, it's not really a problem for me. I can handle this. But you hold on to it long enough, and you are going to drop your spiritual arms in discouragement. Amen. Bitterness will make you discouraged. Number four, moving on. Bitterness will do this to you. It will divide the fellowship and the unity of the church. I hope that everyone here who's a member of this church cares about Calvary United Pentecostal Church as an assembly, as, as a church, as a unit, a corporate body. It's not just about you and it's not just about me. It's about us. That's the way God looks at it and that's the way he wants us to look at it and feel about it. So whatever is going good in a church, you just uh, harbor bitterness for somebody else who is here, and that'll stop whatever good is going on. Uh, we're all human. Sure we are. And there's times when, you know, we will give one another reason to be offended and sometimes that's unintentional, and sometimes it's not. Uh, but the Lord doesn't like disunity. And anything that breaks, dis, uh, breaks unity in, among his people not only is something that God frowns on, it is a sin. It's kind of like the, the, the dad who told his son, he said, son, I'm taking mama to the doctor for her colitis. And the son said, well, who did mama collide with this time? Collisions are going to happen in the church. It's going to happen. Why? Because we are flesh. Because we are human. We can't avoid it completely. But we can control how we respond. Amen. Well, Brother Edwards, you don't know what they said to me or said about me. You don't know what they did to me. Well, I, I don't mean, really, listen to me, I don't mean in any way to minimize your pain that that may have caused you, and I don't surely don't want to sound arrogant, but you're not the first person ever to get hurt in the church, even in this church. Sometimes we just need a good old-fashioned dose of Holy Ghost growing up. Grow up and get over it. Remember, you and I don't deserve God's forgiveness. And even if they don't deserve your forgiveness, it's still the right thing to do. It's what God expects and wants us to do, to forgive them. I've been pastor of this church almost 30 years, and I hate to say this, but I've been lied to, I've been lied on, I've been lied about, I've been criticized falsely, my motives have been uh, judged, and remember, that's an arena that God reserves only for himself, judging motives, and my sincerity has been questioned, and every one of you can probably say the same thing. But maturity in God and the Word of God and the Spirit of God within me motivates me to, to, to deal with it and give it to God because that's 
to be expected if I want to do what's right in God's sight. I believe there's bigger things to focus on than what somebody did to me or tried to do to me or said about me. I'm not willing to take my eyes off of the goal of getting where God wants this church to go, of reaching the lost. There's too much at stake for us to be bickering with one another and holding unforgiveness in our heart. God is my defender, and he'll be your defender if you'll let go and let him do that. Don't take those things into your own hands. Put it in God's hands. I, I, I've been in churches. <clears throat> I won't say where, but churches that had to have some funerals before they could ever go forward for God because of some members not being able to make a conscious decision to get rid of bitterness. I heard the story of the pastor who got so mad at the business meeting at one lady that he threw a songbook at her. And it hit the pew in front of her. I actually had a pastor who said from the pulpit he would do that if he caught you sleeping during his sermon. He never did it, but so the story goes, this pastor threw the songbook. He missed the woman. It hit the pew in front of her. Uh, I would never do that. If I was that mad, I promise I wouldn't miss her. <clears throat> not really. I did that to wake you up, those of you whose eyes were closed, instead of telling somebody to poke you. Seriously, bitterness will destroy what God wants to do in a church. There are some people here today sitting in this room who can tell of a time in this church's history, it's before I came, when uh, people had to be restrained, physically restrained, not in a business meeting, but in a church service, restrained from getting into a fist fight. God help us. Bitterness divides the church. Well, Brother Edwards, you don't know what happened. I don't need to know. In the love of God and in Christian Love on the authority of God's word. Get over it. If you're a prisoner of bitterness today, let the Lord set you free. Number five, fifth thing bitterness will do, it will defile your relationships. You see, there's a spillover effect with bitterness. It doesn't affect just you. It never does. You don't have to be bitter towards your spouse to ruin your marriage. Uh, you can be bitter towards somebody else. You can be bitter towards perhaps a parent, your mom or dad, and ruin your marriage from that bitterness in your heart. You can bitter, be bitter towards me and ruin your relationship with your children. I'm going to say that again. You can be bitter towards the pastor and ruin your relationship with your children. Uh, in fact, one of the best ways, most certain ways for you as a parent to do spiritual harm to your kids is to get sideways with the preacher. I'm glad you do, sister, because it's the truth. And anybody that doesn't believe it, you hadn't been where I've been and seen what I've seen. But most of you have. Uh, get it taken care of. Get it out of your heart, whatever you have to do, because bitterness will defile your relationships with people. Finally, the last one, number six thing that bitterness will do, it will deprive you of blessings. It will deprive you from the blessings that God wants to pour into your life. If you bring that, thank you, brother, that negative, critical spirit to church with you especially. You won't come looking for a blessing. You'll come looking for what's wrong. And you know what? You'll find it because there's wrong to find in this and any other church. Why? Again, we're flesh. We're human beings. We've got a flesh nature that we constantly have to do battle with every day when we get out of bed. 
And guess what? Everybody that comes to this church and every other church you'll ever go to, you'll never find a perfect one. Every person that comes to church is is doing battle with that flesh nature of theirs every single day. And you know what? Not all of us win the battle every day, including Pastor Edwards. So don't let bitterness do that to you. Amen. Amen. Um, the Bible, let me, let me get to the point of how we get delivered from bitterness. The Bible describes it as a root. Now, what is a root? A root is part of a plant, a tree, a bush. Uh, most plants, I guess, I guess it's possible. I didn't research it this far. Uh, I guess it's possible there is a plant somewhere in God's green earth. Perhaps it doesn't have a root, but 99.999% of everything that grows on this planet God created has a root that is underground. It can't be seen, but you can see the evidence. How many of you have seen a root push the concrete of your driveway up or crack it uh, or some such uh, result of a root growing bigger and bigger? Roots don't always stay roots. Eventually, they will come up and bear fruit. The root of a lemon tree will always bear a fruit that is sour. Because a lemon tree will always bear lemons. Amen? It will never bear the sweet fruit of an orange. Roots grow. They spread. The Bible says, and thereby many be defiled. Bitterness can spread through a family. It can spread through a church like wildfire. It can spread through an office or a school. Bitterness, it's, it's kind of like a magnet. It, it draws in those that are around the bitter person and can rub off on them as well. It's kind of like a piece of tape. It, it, it will stick to everybody who comes in contact with it. Bitterness affects everybody that gets around it. So how do we, how do we uh, get rid of bitterness? Is it easy to just cast it off? Most of the time, not. The best way to get rid of it is, of course, let the Lord help you to get delivered from it. Uh, you get rid of bitterness the same way you do a root that you want to get rid of. You dig it up. How do you do that? Number one, you've got to admit the problem. Recognize that it is a problem, that you do have bitterness. The, the, the temptation or, or the tendency for most of us most of the time is to look at the offender, the person that offended us or that we thought offended us. Uh, and, and if we thought they did, even if they really didn't, that's just as bad. The result is the same. But the tendency is to look at them and, and what they did and to obsess about that and think about how wrong they did us and, and what they did to us or what they said about us. But before you can ever get rid of that bitterness, you have to confess. Confess to yourself and confess to God, certainly, that you hold uh, a resentment for that person. And resentment that has been held onto always becomes rancid and rotten and foul. Number two. You have to realize that it is your problem, not the problem of the person who offended you. I, I, I marvel at, at revelations that God gives us, and I, I, I think that uh, as we continue our walk with God, we should continue to expect God to teach us things, new things we didn't know. I'm not a young man anymore, and I, I continually marvel at God letting a light bulb come on over my head every once in a while. And this past year, 2022, one of the greatest things that God showed me, and I taught about it in our series on praying in the Spirit, was the fact that I, I've known this scripture for decades where the Lord says in his word that the heart is wicked. It's deceitful. It's deceitful. What does that mean? It means we can't know what's in there. The Bible says nobody knows their own heart. 
how on God's green earth do you expect to know what's in somebody else's heart? You can't. It's impossible. Whatever that person did that offended you, whatever it is, whatever they said, you have no whisper of a clue why they said it or why they did it. Their motive may have been completely pure in reality. Now, that's one of the 14 different reasons why you should not condemn somebody for whatever they do or say, because you're not their judge. Realize that it's your problem, not the person who offended you, not their problem. You see, the bitter person always thinks that it's the other person's sin or what they did wrong that's the problem. The truth is, bitterness is the sin of the bitter person. And no matter what that person who offended may have done or said to you, or what you think they have done or said about you, it's your problem. It's your problem. If your bitterness is the fault of a person who's offended you, then you wouldn't be bitter anymore once they apologize. That's what we think. But you know what? An apology never gets rid of bitterness. It doesn't. Won't do it. It's our flesh that tells us that. It's the enemy. It's Satan that will tell us that. It's only your confessing of the sin that you commit by harboring bitterness that will fix the problem. Because it's only when you confess that sin to God that you're harboring bitterness that God is able to cleanse that out of your heart and set you free. Praise God. So how do, you, how do you get delivered from bitterness? Number one, recognize it. Number two, realize it's your problem. Number three, the last one, confess it as your sin, and that's the only thing that will get rid of it. You know what? Bitterness really isn't based upon what somebody did to you or said about you. It's really the result of what you have done with that offense. The monkey is on your back even if somebody else started it. You know, you, you know what bitterness does? Bitterness is a filter, uh, a warning sign that when someone does something we don't like, whatever the cause, whatever the circumstances, and when they do that or say that, if we get bitter, it means that there was already something in our heart that wasn't right with God. You look at the ultimate example. You look at Jesus Christ, God when he came to earth, and how he dealt with those who offended him. You say, well, he was God. Oh, he was God, but he was man as well. The Bible says he was in all points tempted like as we are. That means whatever you've been through, whatever somebody has done to you, they've done it to him or they did it to him and even worse. Let me remind every person here today, you've never been crucified on a cross. Try that out sometime and see how that compares to what you think that person did to you or said about you that you didn't like. When are musicians to come? I'm about done. Before you can get rid of bitterness, you have to see that it is a sin. It is a sin against God. It's evil. And it comes from the pit of hell. Bitterness is a destructive tool of Satan. Don't let him use it against you, not one day longer, not one hour. Get it taken care of. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. We're going to pray, and right now is your opportunity. You say, well, Brother Edwards, this isn't worship service. It's not 2 o'clock service. This isn't an altar call. Uh, you're right, I'm not going to ask you to come down to the front, but right where you stand, God can do what needs to be done in your heart if you are harboring bitterness towards somebody. And you know whether you are or not, as every head is bowed and every eye closed, let's realize and confess bitterness is a sin. Let's dig that root up right now. 
Let's present this ugly, rotten, cancerous root to God and confess it to him and receive his forgiveness right now. Would you pray with me, God? I love you so much. I do want to live for you the way you want me to. Sometimes I find as a, as a human being, as, as flesh, that that's difficult to do. But you know all about that. And I'm so glad you understand, Jesus, and you're sympathetic. God, you, you share and, and bear our burdens. You know what things are difficult for us. But God, you've provided a way. Your love covered my sin with your blood by the sacrifice you gave for me on that cross on Calvary's hill. And now I'm asking that blood to flow across and cover my heart, everything that's in it that's not right in your side, including, Lord, the feelings I have, the emotion of bitterness, perhaps unforgiveness, anger, Lord, hatred, whatever's there. God, if I if I've got something in my heart towards anybody that's not pleasing to you, I confess it to you right now, and I'm asking you to wash it out of my heart. Make me clean, oh God. Make me clean of this, this emotion, this sin of, of bitterness that is not pleasing to you. I want to be like you want me to be, God. I want to live like you want me to live. I want to show forth your love. I want to do what you said. When you said, somebody strike you on one cheek. All right, turn the other one and say, go ahead. Here, do it on this side. I want to do what you said when you said to love them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Oh, God, help me to do it your way. And every time I don't, immediately convict me. Let me know. I need to get back on the straight and narrow. Give it to you. Repent. And pray, God, help me to do it your way all the time, every time. Because I love you, and I want to please you, and I want to live for you with everything I've got. And I want to show my love for you in my daily walk and talk, my relationships, my every word, my every deed, my every thought, my every choice, my every action, that it would be pleasing unto you. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.